Um, shall we move on to the men's? Uh, before we discuss the first ever Polish winners of the Champions League, which is just astonishing, uh, let's hear from some more superstars who played their part in that final. It's another match point chance though for Zaxa. It's number four. They keep creating the chances. They've had one clear-cut swing. How many more are they going to need? Kaczmarek. Oh, he's done it! It's an ace serve for Kaczmarek! And would you believe it? Zaxa are champions of Europe! What a way to win it! It wasn't on an error from Trentino, it was off a clear-cut ace, and that's what it means to the team. It's what it means to the coach. They dare to dream. They dare to believe. And now they are champions. We can hear from Slivka. Alex, that was a great match you guys just played. The emotions must be so high right now. What a game from Kajirsh and Kojle. Bringing the championship title to Poland, how does that feel? Yeah, we bring championship, uh, like Champions League trophy, first time since 1978, so it was uh, pretty long, uh, it was a long time. And it's, I'm, I'm still amazed, I'm in shock. It's hard to say something. Uh, uh, we're gonna celebrate for sure today. We gave, we gave it our best. We had ups and downs, uh, ups and downs. Uh, we lost championship final in Poland. That was tough for us, but we came back. Uh, we knew that there's only one game here, and we have to give our our 100%. Uh, and we did it. Uh, and I want to say hi to our fans. I know they, they were cheering the, in front of, of our gym in Kenjejin. So I say hello. I don't know if they see me or not, but thank you very much for for cheers. And you mentioned it's been a long road for you guys. A tough loss uh, last year in the, in the quarterfinals. You've been with the same group, almost the exact same group for two years. What is it like to go through the journey with these guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, we made it uh, from first uh, first place out of the group stage. And then we have, I think, the toughest, toughest uh, road from all the teams. We had Lube, who, is, who owns just Scudetto. Uh, we had Zeni Kazan, who win who won four, four of last six or five Champions Leagues, or five or, or last six, something like this. So it was really tough, uh, but I think it made us, uh, made us tougher, made us uh, better players, and we are so confident that we can play in the same level like Trento. And what a storybook season it's been for you guys, one for the history books. Go enjoy and celebrate with your team. Yeah, thank you very much. Again, say, I say hi to the fans. Thank you very much. Uh, well, I'm, I'm uh, uh, proud of these guys. Uh, they, they, uh, they were once more time, once more uh, the best they, they uh, could be uh, when their best was needed, and that happened for so many times this season with uh, with so many difficult and different uh, opponents that, uh, that, that that it's. I really think we deserve to 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 win tonight because we we eliminate uh, uh, three of the top teams, the world top teams. Uh, on the court, and I really think we deserve to to win because we we applied ourselves on every uh, every point we made. We we believed until the end that I think really that we deserve to to be the the, the champions of Europe. Well, let's let's say in this moment it's it's difficult to speak, no? 
especially to say what could have gone better or what we had to do better because I think it was a match with uh, uh, we, where we had some opportunities where we didn't make the chances that we had and they did but especially after a long season like this we started 18 June we were we worked a lot and uh, all together so then then you want to finish the the season in a good way because you have the feeling that you deserve it of course they worked also hard and they deserve it also but that's the thing so that's uh, it's difficult right now to to tell exactly what we could have done better it's just they did they they took their chances and we didn't I'll say it again, the first ever Polish winners of the Champions League. Um, for a, a volleyball mad country like Poland, and it, it blows my mind every time. They love the sport so much and they've created so many legends of the sport. They've been world champions, they've been Olympic champions many, many moons ago, but I've got a question for you both on that later. It, it, I just find it incomprehensible that they haven't won this tournament before. But now they have, and it is going to mean so much to the supporters and to the sport in that country. Ah, oh, absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean, anyone who's been to a match with Polish fans or a national team match or a club match knows how much volleyball means to Poland and how passionate they are. And all the media surrounding their, their teams, their players, is absolutely incredible how, how much they care deeply. But like you said, Dave, no uh, Champions League results. They always, and they've come close so many times with Skra Belchatov and Saksikadjusin Kojle, and, you know, just coming up short again. But uh, this team this year, I think, was special. And I think they showed mm-hmm. it pretty much from the very beginning, uh, going 23-3 and in the uh, Plus Liga. So that was something special there. And, I mean, the, the journey they took to the Super Finals was almost like, out of a out of a fairy tale out of you can make a movie about it because it was so i mean the, the look at the names of, of the teams they took out lube chief tanova and zena kazano is basically teed up perfectly as the as the two last teams to win champions league and and they took both of them out in a very close but very exciting fashion mm-hmm. and then beat the the rain and cv cup winners who were looking to go back to back with european titles um in the final uh let's talk about alexander slivka then are we looking at somebody who's all of a sudden going to become polish royalty he's the second polish man to win mvp in the champions league uh marius Lasley won it uh for Skra, and they ended up retiring the number two after him i mean obviously that wasn't the only thing he did in an incredible career sort of nine polish titles silvers in the champions league and the world club championship like 20 domestic trophies but if you are the mvp and all of a sudden you've well he's, he's a world champion with poland already and now he's elevated his club team to to the highest level um they're going to build him a golden house and he's going to be carried around on a throne of made of whatever he wants oh yeah schlifka stock is definitely going through the roof i mean not that not that he was an unknown player before but i think having having the champions league mvp it's the super finals mvp on your resume the, the only other guy with the super finals mvp in the men's is also manny Wantarina. So, <laughs> you're 
well, I, I did look back at some of the names of men who've won this award in the past, right? So as you say, super finals, it's just Juan Terena. But before that, you've got Maxim Mikhailov, Wilfredo Leon, Sergei Chuchukin, Marius Vlasli, Clayton Stanley. That's not a bad, <laughs> that's not a bad list to uh, add your name to, is it? But yeah, and I'm, I think Slivka played an amazing game. I, I think uh, if he didn't play the incredible, efficient, he played almost a perfect game. If he didn't play the game that he did, mm-hmm. they, they probably wouldn't have won. But you almost feel bad picking an MVP on this team because they are mm-hmm. they are the definition of, of a team together. Tawny Udi, I think, could have won. Mm-hmm. Either of the middles, Kowanowski, David Smith, uh, Lukas Kaczmarek played a great game. And the guy I feel probably a little bit bad for, who, who definitely could have won MVP and who I think was the story of the season, Camille Semenyuk, who almost came out of nowhere the last couple of years and, and has become a definitive player for, for Zaksika Jerzynkozaj. A guy who wasn't even considered for the Polish national team in 2019 wasn't even wasn't even uh, on the radar, pretty much. And now here he is with uh, leading or helping Zaxa to the to the first Polish World Club uh, European Club Championships is amazing. Didn't have the best game, unfortunately, in the Super Finals, but but still he's an amazing player in the whole team. And Zatorski, of course, as well. Uh, I think the point that that's important that you make there, Dan, is that. The, the, the biggest difference for me between this men's final and the women's final is exactly that, the sort of spread of the team. When you look at the women's matches, you've got Hak and Nuganu who are taking over 70 balls each, whereas when you look at the stats of the men's match, it's much more spread out. I mean, the, the as you say, Slutska had a 67% efficiency, but he's only getting sort of 20, he's only getting like 30, 20, 30 balls a match. Mm-hmm. And it's much more spread out, the offense between all of the players so that for me thinking as a player is a totally different match whereas in the women's game you might be able to camp out on those big hitters a little bit more whereas when the offense is so spread you really can't afford to make any steps in one direction because you might get totally beat and then there's an open net on the other side and someone can just have a zero block and and score so just thinking as a player it's a much more difficult game to play which would you prefer to play in as a player Ah, uh, oh, it depends. So as a player, you obviously you want to be, if I was a middle, I'd want to be getting in the match a little bit more as an attacker. But as a blocker, if you know that have you know, this huge percentage of balls are going to one player, you can cheat that way a little bit and say, all right, I'm going to leave my right side blocker alone with the outside and I'm going to go and camp out on Iganu or Haku, whoever it is. But you just, yeah, it's easier that way, I would say. But they could they just couldn't do that in this men's match hmm. not. 3-1 it was a fairly comprehensive victory Dan again you were on the floor so I'd, I'd love to get your your sort of sort of feelings on it um what do you think Trentino's takeaways will be Ooh, I mean it's a tough one Dave obviously I was there I still haven't watched the full match again so I would need to do that to get a full understanding but it felt like in the fourth set it really felt like Trentino was pushing back. They they had some momentum. I think ahead by three at one point. I thought at one point, okay, Trentino's going to push this to five. We're going to have a double five setter. But then mm-hmm. Kajush and Kosle, uh, you know, picked it up and uh, closed the gap. And obviously some very tight moments. Uh, we went into a bit of overtime in the end of that fourth set. But I think for Trentino, I mean, they played, they played the same game they have pretty much all year. Um, I think for sure they would have liked to run the middle more because that was working perfectly. I think the Pedrashin and, and Lee's match were absolutely, no one could stop them on Kajush and Kojle. 
The issue is the receivers couldn't get the ball to Gianelli in a position where he could he could set them effectively. So they were running middles any chance they got. I think if they were to change anything, I think being able to run more middle and get the ball a little closer to uh, to the setter that would have been a big improvement for them. Do you think they're here to stay as a team? I, I think so. I think so. I mean, this current construction, we saw how, how close they got. I mean, so the one, the biggest question and the another substitution question, which came up similar to Scylla and Mackenzie Adams, is the Dick Coy versus Alessandro Micheletto. Uh, Dick Coy, the Dutch turned Italian outside hitter who was brought in to be the starter at the beginning of the year. But this uh, probably one of the best prospects in, on the men's side, Alessandro Micheletto, who, by the way, is probably like, 210 centimeters tall <laughs> he's seven feet tall he he it's it's crazy he's 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 like a half a head over marco Bedrashen and he's an outside hitter who's a reception spot it's crazy but uh i, I bet that... and he's super young isn't he how old yeah, is he? he's i think i want to say 19 he played in the u20 european championships last summer so Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah. unfortunately for Giancino, I bet they wish he was, uh, you know, three or four years older. Because if he was a little older, a little more experienced, you could lean on him a little more on offense and with serving. I think that he's going to be an absolute stud for the Italian national team. But the timelines don't really add up, in my opinion. So we'll see. I mean, they have the tools to be successful. I'm curious about the very last point because. As you said, Michieletto is a young kind of inexperienced. And if you know anything about volleyball, you know, and I don't know much about reception, but I do know that in general, each player <laughs> will maybe take behind them to their left and in front of them to their right if the server is in a certain position on the other side. And it looked to me as if the libero had left the ball for Michieletto to receive. And it was just like, he just there was a split, you know, you have a split second to decide and he didn't make that choice to take the ball to his left whereas if he had a couple of years more experience or maybe they had played together a bit longer he might have taken that ball maybe then there wouldn't be an ace the match wouldn't have ended we history would have been written differently well that's the exact kind of subtle analysis that probably only a former player with uh, with 15 <laughs> years of experience could make although having said that i'm a middle blocker so i have no i have no place speaking about reception but i just just in general that i i feel like i that's what i saw is that that I don't know. It could. It could have. If it had been a different player to the to yeah. the right of the libero, that might not have been an ace. And that it's yeah. such a trade-off, right, between having having that experience. But you know, if you if you serve a hundred balls at Micheletto versus Dick Coy, I, I'm going to take Micheletto mm -hmm. on eighty of them. But the other twenty, that you know, those those little reads, that decision making, probably uh, Coy is going to have the advantage, and maybe he would have done better on that last point. I do think they're. Um... I, I do think they're investing time and trust in Micheletta, though. I'm just casting my mind back to the uh, semi-finals. I've not got my commentary notes uh, immediately at hand, but I, I think he played most of... Uh, well, he had most of the court time in that match as well. And they've got history for it as well. Um, you think about uh, think back to the podcast that we did with Ginelli, Dan, and he was given his first opportunities in the team as a very young man as well. They do invest in their young players and invest in their future. And, and if they make mistakes, they make mistakes, if, if in fact it was a mistake. But he's going to use that mm -hmm. fuel to fire him for a long time. And, and again, with, with loyalty in the Italian game and, and your boyhood club, they could have, yeah. as, you, as you rightly described, a stud for the next 
decade. Um, and if, <laughs> you know, if, if we're having this conversation again in one year, two year, three years, and, yeah. you know, he's got an MVP performance or he's taken them to the final or he's come up with a big play that's, that's made the difference in the match. I wouldn't be surprised. He's a remarkably talented young man. Of course, but keep yeah, keeping together this the names on this team is is, is going to be uh, it's never an easy task in volleyball, as we know with the I guess the mercenary aspect of the sport sometimes. However, um, oh God, I'm putting my head on the chopping block here, but I. <laughs> Judging from the conversations that we've had with him and the way he speaks about the team, I don't think Gianelli's going anywhere. And you can, no. you know, he, if you are any any player in the world who's looking to play top level European volleyball, if you know you're going into a team with a setter like that, that is going to be the most shiny of golden carrots to dangle. Yep, for sure, Gianelli. I think in Gianelli, uh, Nicoletto, you can build around those two guys. Mm -hmm. You can. Of course, the uh, the the other storyline and the other big X factor for them is Namir Abdelaziz, because I think, uh, like we were discussing earlier, they played a lot through Namir mm -hmm. throughout the year. Probably the most of any of the men's teams that I've seen, like a uh, Iganu or Isabel Hawk, getting forty plus percent of, of the sets, and I think that was a lot to ask for, of him in, against a block defense like like Zach's. I think. It was, it was very frustrating for him to, you know, have to go through huge blockers like Jakub Kowanowski, Lukasz Kaczmarek, and then have Pavel Zatorski sitting behind there. Ben Taniuti, who's, in my opinion, the best back row defender from the setting position, mm -hmm. uh, just ready to pop up balls. I think uh, that was difficult for him to, uh, to wrap his head around a little bit. Ben Taniuti, what a player. Uh, right, so I want to talk to you guys. Well, now you've mentioned Taniuti about um, Olympic correlation and what we can take from this men's result moving into Tokyo, right? So 2012, Zenit Kazan win gold, and then Russia win gold in London. I like this. 2016, Trentino takes silver, Lube take bronze, then Italy win silver Ooh. at the Olympics. Ginelli, of course, um, picking up silvers in the, the Olympics and the Champions League this year. Do you think we could be looking at Poland in Tokyo. Bearing in mind, traditionally they're not a great Olympic team. They're, they're world champions twice in recent history, but they haven't won an Olympic medal since the seventies. Could this be the year that they use this momentum to get themselves on a podium? Vital Hanen, the coach of the Polish national team, has some extremely difficult decisions <laughs> on which twelve to take. Because if you look at the list of Polish outside hitters, keep in mind we still have Wilfredo Leon and. Uh, Michal Kubiak yeah. as, as a starters in, in the European championships. But basically, the, uh, the Polish national team will be the Saxa team plus oh, Wilfredo Leon. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> let's see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Another one of my shout outs is to the Ace Space podcast. We have the three main hosts of it here. And <laughs> just shout out to us. <laughs> well, only because have a have a listen to this, right? Because uh, we're going to hear from Ben Tonyuti in a bit because Dan spoke to him. So between the Ace Space podcast and the Unscripted series, which was kind of the precursor to um, the Ace Space for all of those newbies out there of the Teams and players in the superfinals, I'm 
I've run out of fingers because I think 12 of those players or coaches have been guests on our content, right? So see if I've missed anyone out. Asha Volosh, Kim Hill, Paola Agonu, Gabby, Milena Rasic, Giovanni Gudetti, Bella Hack, Ginelli, Sretsko Lisinac, Lucarelli, Robin de Croyf, Ben Tonyuti. Top notch. Who has Top got a better notch. guest list than that? I think I... You went through it pretty quickly, but I think you got them all. I don't know. Who have I Write missed? Write in, fans, if we've missed anyone. <laughs> Either way, one thing one thing that I have learned, though, is yeah. that volleyball, even at the top level, is full of good eggs and good people who will have a great conversation with you, who love this sport, who love their teammates, yeah. and, and who kind of want to share it and welcome the supporters in. So... Thank you to all our guests. But honestly, that I totally agree with you. I mean, you can look at the stats all day. You can watch the volleyball all day. You can replay it, replay it. But as soon as you get to know the person behind the jersey, it just elevates it to the next level. So my my final thoughts on, on the Men's Champions League, then congratulations again to the CEV for putting on an amazing event in the most challenging of circumstances. Um, commiserations mm-hmm. to Trentino. I do think they are here to stay as a top team, CV Cup winners and then um, and then Champions League runners-up. But I don't think there is anybody, apart from maybe the players for Trentino, who can begrudge Zaxa and Poland of having a, a winner of, of the best club competition in the world. They are a, a stunning volleyball country and anyone who's ever been anywhere, like in the gravitational pull of <laughs> Polish volleyball, will know how much it's going to mean to to everybody there and to have that polish team with the target on the next year is is going to be great for the sport and god help anyone who plays against the polish national team in any of the big competitions this summer you're in for a tough time um dan your final thoughts on the men's yeah i think like you said uh one thing that's interesting is that the zaxa team and the canadiano team the two, are two winners they're teams who have mm-hmm. all played together basically the same team last year in canadiano even farther back I really hope that's something that coaches and players are paying a bit of attention to because, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a high-level coach or anything, but I think that is something that matters so much when you get to this highest level. It's people who have played with each other, you don't have to spend those two, three months at the beginning of the season getting used to your setter. There's so many advantages to having that chemistry and that communication. I think teams should maybe, you know, try and, and, and keep the teams together maybe for two or three or four-year cycles. Yeah. Good okay. point. Good point. Um... Final thoughts on both of the matches. It was nice to see the men's and women's in the same venue, um, on the same sort of stage, able to celebrate together at the end. That was kind of cool, especially because, you know, obviously, as I mentioned, Asha is a friend of mine, and to see her then go and hug all of the guys from the the men's team, knowing that obviously she's Polish (laughs) and that that the Polish team won, so it's important for her too. That was really cool to see. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, she'd do it this way going forward if I have any vote. Amazing. Well, still lots to come in this A-Space podcast, believe it or not. But before we move on to predictions, what we got right and what we got wrong, let's hear from Ben Sonuti when Dan had a chat with him earlier. All right. Hi, everyone. We are here with Benjamin Tani Uti, the uh, French setter who recently took Zach Sekajujin Kojle to the promised land, the Champions League victory. Ben, how are you doing today? Uh, perfect. Everything is gay. Uh get some rest, and uh, then I will go to the dinner with the guys. We need uh, to meet each other because uh, soon uh, everybody will go uh, to his house, so, so it's nice to, to see each other again. 
So take me through the last uh, couple of days here. You guys obviously had the big victory Saturday night. Uh, I think travel on Sunday. And then what have you been up to the last uh, few hours? Yeah. So, yeah, we have a late game. So the night was really small. We, we, uh, we make good, uh, good party after the game. Uh, so we just enjoy uh, to be together to win the, this trophy for the club, uh, for the fans. And, uh, and yes, after we arrive in Kijerzyn, we have some uh, uh, the fans who are waiting us in the, in the front of the hall. And, uh, and then we have some, uh, some dinner with sponsor. Uh, tomorrow we have uh, the last things with, uh, with uh, our sponsor, with fans also. Uh, so yeah, it's like three days of uh, celebration. We can say. Awesome, awesome. And, and how has the response from the fans and the media and sponsors been so far? I think like uh, it's like a dream for for everybody because uh, not a lot of people was uh, expect that we we were able to to win the Champions League. We know that we have a really good team. Uh, I think the fact that we win against Lube and Kazan give us a lot of confidence, and uh, we just make the the history of uh, of Poland of uh, of this club of uh, of Polish volleyball. So. Uh, it's an amazing feeling for everybody, and uh, everybody is uh, just super happy about uh, what we what we do. Yes, the first uh, European Polish champion since 1978, as uh, Alexander Sivka said in his post game interview, which is an incredible accomplishment. So, can we talk a little bit about the journey of of how you got here? Because for me, it's like almost out of a uh, a storybook or a fairy tale. It, it's just an amazing journey, uh, playing Lube Chivitanova then Zenit Kazan, then Trentino all in a row in the Champions League. So uh, maybe talk a little bit about that first matchup with Lube Chivitanova. Mm, yeah, when you see our, the way how we, we go to the final and how we, we win the trophy, we can say that uh, we deserve it because we have the worst maybe draw that we can have to finish first of the, <laughs> of the group and take Lube. It was the worst draw, and uh, to I think the first game, maybe Lube was not expecting that we would play good like uh, like we play, and we we take this first game three one, and then you know when you when you win uh, the first game three one, you know that at least even if you lose three one or three zero at home, you will have the golden set at home. So we play a good game even if we lose three zero. Uh, and we won the golden set. So this was the first step. I think we we created this uh, this uh, qualification for semi final in the first game in in uh, in Chivitanova. So was there any what 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 was the feeling after the in the second match after you had lost the I guess the original match three nothing? Was there anything you said to the team in timeouts or anything Coach Gerbich said to the team that motivated you guys to come back and take take that golden set? I think it was not even motivated us because uh, we were playing good. We were playing super game. Like in the first one, we just missed some occasion and, uh, and Civitanova was most focused. They were most focused in the second game. They served really strong. So they make some breakpoints in the important moment in the first three sets. And uh, we just stayed in the game in the tiebreak. And then uh, we didn't make some aces in the first three sets. And in the gold set, we make two or three really important aces. Uh, I'm thinking about this one to finish the game of uh, Lukasz Kaczmarek. So, you know, it's like uh, 
some detail. Yeah, getting an ace on uh, Osmani Wantarena to uh, make the Champions League semifinals. That was a pretty uh, special moment. That was in the end of it. You guys uh, played your national team teammate, Irvin Engapet, and the rest of Zenit Kazan, who, as, as everyone knows, listening to this, the most storied team in Champions League, right? <laughs> so that must have been a bit uh, intimidating to, uh, to play them. Yeah, yeah, it was... Uh... It was tough, uh, tough game. Also, I was super happy to to play against Erwin because he's one one of my uh, best friends. We played so much uh, game together, and uh, it was a long time we don't play against each other. So it was nice to see him. Uh, we speak a lot before the game, and we were saying that at least one French guy will be in the final. Doesn't matter who, but <laughs> one guy will be in the final. So we are laughing about this. And uh, and it was also a really tough uh, tough semifinal. You you see, it was three two in Kazan, three two uh, in Kajajin, then Golden Set. So so it was super exciting game, like so stressful. And in the end, we managed to to win also this uh, this Golden Set. Uh, just do you happen to know when the last uh, French player to win Champions League is, or who they are? I guess I guess two players won Champions League because there's a. Jiquel, right, on, on Corneliano. Uh, yes, uh, Lucie Jiquel win the Champions League, yeah, with Corneliano. And uh, I think the last man who in Champions League was Renaud Erp with Trentino. Yeah. And he was like, he was the third outside hitter. Uh, so he was the last French guy who in Champions League. Uh, so it's been a little while. Congratulations. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there was one moment in particular that I just want to touch on briefly in that uh, semifinals match because there were a bunch of uh, match points and one really nice block by Kohanovsky to uh, if you remember that moment uh, where they, I think it was a middle middle set to Artem Volvich and Kohanovsky blocked it that seemed to turn the game around yeah the first match we were like we were not playing perfect the first two sets I think like uh, okay they play really good and these points make uh, change the game, I think, because uh, then they start to to be more nervous. And uh, we just take our chains. Uh, they have, yeah, they have two match ball, I even more. I don't know how many match ball they have, but one with free ball. So this block of uh, of Kuba Koranovsky was really important. And uh, and then we start to play better after the the victory of the third set. Yeah, I really seemed to turn the turn the match around, and then. Um... Let's move on more to the Verona Superfinals. And I was there with you guys. Um, and the, I, I felt the, the energy on the team. You guys seemed to be the most relaxed team out of, out of all four teams there. Uh, do you think that's true? Or, or do you think that was, um, that was the vibe on the team? Or, or, or how do you... Uh, I don't know exactly because I don't know how they were feeling, the other teams. So, but we have some couple of days after our final of the league that it was difficult to manage because we don't ex like okay we we lose this final against Yashembe and it was tough for us because we dominate all the season so we have a hard moment uh, after this final but we come back to to practice really good uh, we were really ready to to play this final we we are focused and i think the atmosphere in the team is like this all the year so it's not like we were like not stress or something like this it's just the the atmosphere in the team is good and do you think that loss in the finals against your sheet, do you think that um, helped the team or do you think you like kind of motivated you guys a little bit more in the finals or do you think it, it, it wouldn't have affected anything? Uh, 
we were thinking about this after the final that if we win the if we win the championship if i don't know if we win the championship final so this is the question and i cannot answer you for sure it was really tough moment after losing the final of uh, of, uh, of the league so we come back to practice really strong so this is a fact that uh permit us to to perform in in Verona yeah. and maybe just going back to you said you dominated the regular season in in the plus Liga, which is the Polish league for those of you who don't know 23 and three an incredible record what was it what was it like day to day for your team because you guys pretty much had the same lineup for a lot of those games uh the same starting seven was it was it tiring over time like how did you guys keep on, on winning those games mm, i think the preparation was important because we arrived together in the middle of july and we worked so hard so difficult it was tough preparation for me it was it was the first preparation almost because i have no summer with national team with covid so it was really really tough really difficult uh yeah for this moment i hate the pre the physical preparator for uh, two two months, I I hate him, <laughs> so it was really tough. But in the end, you see that the the work was good because we we like you say we we have we don't change a lot of players and we keep the same level. Only yeah, we lose uh, in the final. Uh, the fact that Zatorski was injury in the um, in one moment of semi final was uh, uh, was tough for us. But uh, okay, come back for the Champions League and help us to to win this trophy. And speaking of Pavel, you guys have been playing together on uh, Kajuj and Kojle for, for a number of years now. Is it is it six years together? Six seasons? Uh, yeah, six years for me and seven for him. Oh, wow. Okay. So is there any extra special element uh, for you two guys who have been with the team for so long to this Champions League victory? Um, for sure. We When I arrived in Kajuj, um, I was like, I don't know how many times I will stay and how I will feel, how I, what I will win, but I, it's like a process. We start to win the first season and we we just change some players and we stay with Zati and we continue to win and we see that uh, step by step we were like doing good in Champions League. We go one time to the final four of uh, of Champions League in Kazan two years ago. Uh, last year we lose in quarterfinal against Kemerovo. We were every time there to be. In the end of the Champions League, so I think it was a it was a goal for us to to win the Champions League uh, with Zaxo. Yes, and you guys finally got there after, like you said, many many you know many uh, swings at the bat, and you and you guys uh, finally accomplished it. Now, now that the game's over, can you maybe give us a little bit of a strategic insight of how you guys prepared for that last match? Um, well, I think uh, during this time of preparation, we work really strong on the what we don't do really good in the final of uh, of Prusliga. We were focused on of what we were doing good during the season and what uh, we missed a little bit during the the final. So we work really strong on our uh, points, and also we yeah we prepare pretty good the game. They were making like crazy a lot of video the coaches. And uh, we were ready to to play against against Trento. We know that it, it was a team uh, really powerful in service, who have um, like big player in every position. So we expect that the the game will be really tough. Yeah, especially uh, when you're going up against those two middle uh, middle attackers in Pedrashin and Lisanach. They uh, 
they certainly had, had a really good game. But you guys did a great job of limiting, limiting their attackers. I thought the reception was amazing in the game. And uh, all three wing hitters and all both your middle attackers and, and yourself as well played a fantastic match. So, Ben, to end here, uh, what are, do you have a little bit of a break before the national team season starts? Um, are you excited for the Olympics? What's next for you? Yeah, now I will come back to France soon uh, because, like I say, I arrived 13th of July and uh, the season was super long. I have no occasion to come back to France because of COVID, because of uh, uh, a game that we have to play like uh, around Christmas. So I have no time to come back to France. So now is the moment to to come back to see a little bit my family, my friends. Um, so I will spend like uh, like almost two weeks uh, at home, and uh, then I will go with national team to 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 the Vienna bubble, um, and then to Olympics. So yeah, I'm really exciting. Now I need some rest, and uh, I will be really focused in two weeks for the summer. <laughs> All right. Well, Ben, enjoy these two weeks of rest. You uh, definitely deserve it. Well done with the Champions League victory and all the best for the summer. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Let's talk Champions League predictions because, Dan, after the Kim Hill episode, you jumped on and you asked us to make our predictions. Let's start with the women key because we got that right yeah we did at the men's i had corneliano he corneliano was my pick from day one i think matt's was novara yours was yeah dan i don't think you were in the conversation when we did that well on the european volleyball show we've talked about i'm back okay strong okay very beginning as well yeah i i so my my thoughts with with bank is obviously they they are incredibly strong but i just thought um actually related to what you were saying Dan about keeping teams together um, I just thought the continuity and the consistency mm. of Vakif Bank would be enough this year um, and of course Giovanni Gudetti is a great friend of the show and I hope he won't mind me um, picking up <laughs> this time sorry Giovanni uh, but but we both we both went for um, Imoko Ki and we said Igonu was going to be did we say top scorer or MVP? Mm-hmm. Top scorer, in which case, multiple points for us. Dan, you went Vakif Bank 3-1 and Bella Hack. Essentially, um, it was going to be heads, Paolo Gonu, yeah. tails, um, Bella Hack, and, and, you, and you went for tails. Um, so no points for you. <laughs> Unlucky. So um, I went Trentino 3-0 with Namir top scorer. Um, I was incorrect to say the least but i did get namir uh key you went uh, trentino 3-1 with lucarelli the recency bias because we had just chatted to him i think that that very day Fr- friend <laughs> of the podcast uh and dan you were closest here you went zaxa 3-2 with kachmarek now you were incorrect however he did serve a pretty special ace so i think you should get a bonus half, point half a that. point <laughs> Well, and he actually he actually got the most sets on the team uh, ah. by by seven more than even uh, Semenyuk, but just wasn't so, able to convert them. So it was his inaccuracy that cost you. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, come on, come on, Wukash. I needed I needed those extra <laughs> extra kills to get through here. Yeah, fan versus Dan, very very fun this season. Got some uh, great submissions. I think I, I I think I finished with a very slightly positive record, but. Uh, 
but we had some we had a lot of ties which was a little surprising so mm -hmm. that was interesting to see but uh congratulations uh the, uh the previously mentioned alex porter also to philip meyer for being the ones to beat me we have some great prizes available including uh jerseys signed by the entire team of vacuum bank caneliano balls signed by any of the four teams it's your pick guys like these are the kinds of prizes that are available if you uh participate in some of these events it's not it's not just a little trinket it's it's a Super Finals Verona Volleyball signed by the winning team, which I guarantee you, you cannot find anywhere else. So wow. congratulations, you guys. That's, that's, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When we said at the start of the, of the show or the, the, the season of the show, should I say that we were going to have some Super Finals merchandise, I did think, oh, is this going to be like a key ring or <laughs> like a, I don't know, like an ashtray or something ashtray. like that. But that is... That is unreal. Mm. Well done, guys. And to to you guys who um, only drew with Dan, unlucky. <laughs> Next time. More Super Finals prizes to give out. So stay tuned on the CV social channels if uh, for any more giveaways as well. Ah, oh, yes. A little bit of a hook and tease there, Dan. I like it. Um, <laughs> talk, to me, talk to me about the All-Star team. What's going on there? So this season, we're doing a fan voting for the All-Stars of the entire season, not just for the Super Finals. So you guys can come to the Champions League website. We'll share all those links with you, everyone, on social. And you guys pick your team of the tournament, one player per position. We want to hear the fans pick who mm. were the most important players. We're not just limiting it to the four teams in the Super Finals. If you think there was a player earlier on who played a more important role for the team or whatever other criteria you can decide, uh, you can vote for them and guys share the message on social. Get other fans of your teams involved and let's see uh, let's see what our final team is because we have the MVP. But we we didn't have an, an All Star team, which I, I always think is a is a fun thing to have. Mm, I love an All Star team. Right then, before we close the book on this Champions League and have a quick look at the summer of volleyball before we uh, sign off for a little while, have you got any final thoughts on this season's Champions League? I'll start. Um, I have, again, shout-outs, CEV, finding a way to get the tournament on, breaking with tradition and doing the, the sort of mini-tournaments within tournaments, the, the, the concentrated group stages, somehow finding a way to get new teams into the competition, the best teams playing the best teams, and ultimately creating a bit of a visual spectacular two epic finals for the ages and getting us two new champions of the best club volleyball competition in the world um i wonder whether or not well i i think that, well i hope the super finals format is here to stay um as you alluded to key the fact that we've got the men's and women's on the same day the fact that it is all or nothing if you lose the game you don't have a bronze medal to compete for that mm. is it your one chance at glory i think that's great yep. but um i wonder whether or not the um the group stages may stay for a little longer whether they might get some feedback on that i think it certainly worked it's different and i think it'll be harder for supporters god i can't wait for supporters to be back in <laughs> but i i think the format's been a roaring success so whether it's just this one year it runs like that or whether it changes again next year or stays the same i think it's been a a roaring success so 
congratulations to everyone involved. I agree on that. The, the players that I spoke to when I was doing the volleyball bubble over in Europe, I did have a chance to speak to a few players and did ask them that exact question. Do you prefer this short tournament bubble format or the back and the forth? Because I remember when I was playing and it's so much travel. You play away, you play home. You play away, you play home. Mm-hmm. Most of the people, most of the players I spoke to really enjoyed this sort of condensed match format three matches in a row boom 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 Mm. so i yeah i'm also curious if they'll keep that for next year what i really enjoyed of these final matches now that i'm into videography filmography (laughs) cinematography camera things um the (laughs) graphics were really impressive at the finals I, i i don't know if technology is just advancing faster than i'm used to maybe i just don't watch enough sports but i was really impressed i thought they did a really good job it looked really professional and very extremely entertaining for the for the viewing for my viewing pleasure at home yeah so i'm glad you you liked it because there's a lot of planning coordination and cooperation from the players and teams uh goes goes into that so Mm. glad it was uh worth it in the end yeah absolutely did you have some behind the scenes of them doing the little the little dances and the crossing of the arms and (laughs) we we have have a few videos that we're going to share yeah okay so so there were some funny moments I think uh, Bank and Kaneliana were both uh, were both having a lot of fun with it. That's fun <laughs> to do, that. though, as players, because it's a big yeah. event. You know, you're there for the volleyball, but everything, the, all the extra that goes on behind it. Same thing at the Olympics, you know. Yes, the volleyball match is important, but all the cool stuff that the, the event puts on out off the court is, is equally memorable. Speaking of the Olympics, Key, that is a great segue because I've just seen how long we've been on this conversation and poor Matt has got to edit this. <laughs> Speaking of shout outs for unsung heroes, um, it is quite simply a, a stunning summer for volleyball. Before we even look at the beach, we've got VNL, Olympics, Euro Volley. Then what have we got? We've got the Continental Cup on the beach, uh, Euro Beach Volley 2. Um, what are you guys looking forward to? I'm biased because I potentially will be in the VNL bubble if all goes to plan. Oh. Might be doing a little little bit of broadcasting, which is not my forte, but I will be studying between now and then to do it. So hopefully I can bring my camera in there too and get some behind the scenes footage. So anyone listening that's wanting some uh, very raw and unedited <laughs> footage of the players that we've been talking about. I might have some things on my YouTube channel. I don't know. Awesome. I, I think it's going to be... In fact, I think all three are going to be massive tournaments, but the VNL to tee us up for the Olympics, then the Olympics, because they are the Olympics, but then Euro Volley, mm-hmm. where there are going to be all of these players who have just got the frustrations of a full international season where maybe they didn't play as well in the the VNL or they blew it at the Olympics or maybe they're looking for the treble, three medals from three great competitions. Mm -hmm. It's all going to culminate at Euro Volley. Well, what's it going to be in total? Like four or five months? Players are going to have bits falling off and by the Mm -hmm. end of it, they're going to be absolutely knackered. But I mean... It's, it's what I, it's what I love as as a broadcaster and as a fan of any sport. The the best players with an opportunity to play their best volleyball, and I yeah. think to do that in your country's colours is is something really special. And you never know, particularly with Euro volley, we might see a surprise winner. 
somebody who hasn't had the chance to do it in the VNL, who hasn't qualified for the Olympics, and they can channel everything into it. Well, we saw last year. I mean, we saw this Polish team that we're all hyping up right now. They lost to Slovenia mm -hmm. in Eurovolley. We saw Russia lose to Slovenia. We saw some uh, eventually the champion Serbia, not too surprising, but some of the teams, the path they took to get there, it's, it's definitely tournament ripe for upsets. And, and Dave, one thing that, uh, that I'm excited about for this summer is the beach volleyball, because I've been getting a lot more into that recently, um, watching all this uh, Cancun beach volleyball bubble and being there at the tournaments in Latvia last summer. I'm, I'm excited for the Euro beach volley in Austria and the Olympics. And I think on the beach, it's going to be really exciting as well, especially Mole and Sorum, I, I think, are another just an extra special story that we have to appreciate how good they are and where they are at this moment in time. Well, good news, beach volleyball fans. The ace space will be moving to the beach and we'll be bringing Louis Lett. I nearly said out of retirement there. He's younger than me, <laughs> but he's been uh, he's been commentated on some of the early season tournaments around the world as well. So please be as kind to him as you have been to me and get in touch uh, with everything. Uh, whether you want to send us an email, what's the email address key? The A space at CEV.eu. And Dan, what's the hashtag? Hashtag let volleyball talk. Yeah, see? So slick. Um, right then, before we sign off, Dan, over to you. You're out there in HQ. Finally, all the adrenaline's out of your body from Verona. Um, but what's going on there? And what can we actually look forward to on the CEV social channels? So... There's still a lot of stuff left for Champions League. We still have more videos coming out. We just released one, interviews we did with Lucarelli and Kohanovsky on the path they took to the Super Finals. We have another one coming with Michelle Barch and Iganu about, uh, about their journey as well. We have some behind-the-scenes footage. We have top 10 plays coming out soon. So we have still more Champions League stuff to push, and then we have Eurovolley qualifiers coming up soon, and there's, uh, there's going to be some interesting stories going to come out after the first, first uh, few matches there potentially some upsets and potentially some new exciting young players so we're all excited for that can't wait uh, the champions league season has ended which means our ace space champions league season has ended thank you for celebrating during this episode with us it's been an absolute joy to have your company for the last amount of time that i'm not going to commit to because matt's going to do some heavy editing <laughs> but you know it by now the hashtag is let volleyball talk the email address is the space at cv.eu we love to hear from you so please get in touch but until next time goodbye bye bye